I'm Leon. I'm Tegan. And welcome to Good Time. Not a long time. This week is the Halloween special, so we're going to mix it up a bit. We're going to start off with the general chat. Then we're going to move on to Unsolved Mysteries. And then we'll progress on to Tegan's segment, which is going to be about serial killers and murderers. Now, without wasting any time, let's get straight into the podcast. <laughs> We've not even said where Ellie is. Ellie, yeah, Ellie's... <laughs> She's gone watching Hamilton. I don't know about you, but even though this is the Halloween special, I am not feeling very Halloween-y this year. No, I'm not. And, like, we decorated for Halloween, like, last week at work. We've still not put up any Halloween decorations yet. Like, usually we had that in the book. Well, my dad has some plans to decorate the house a bit, but, you know, we've not got any costumes that the family's going to be wearing uh, this year. I'm surprised that it's, what, we're recording this on the 23rd? I'm surprised yeah. it's the 23rd of October. It still feels like the beginning. Like, I've not felt very spooky. Although, do you know what has actually, like, given me nightmares that I've found out recently? Um, that because I live so close to work, there is a likelihood that some children will come trick-or-treating from my work on my door. <laughs> I've never thought oh, about this a, before. That is a good point, until, yeah. Like, until, like, this week, and I was like, oh, fuck. Right, they're no. going to be like, oh, that's Tegan. Stay away from my door. I, I never, I don't th- I think I've never thought about it before because normally we don't, we don't know we don't do trick-or-treaters. Like, my mum normally, like, makes it like we're not home. But because my brothers, like, love it so much and they're not allowed to go trick-or-treating, my mum's now letting them give treats to people. So that's going to be fucking fun, isn't it? Oh, that's going to be great. You, you might just have to stay hidden. I think I'm going to. I'm not a fan of Halloween because it's, you stay up essentially all night to just give sweets out. Yeah. It's an absolute chore. When my sister goes out trick-or-treating, you know, myself, for my other sisters will be responsible for like giving the sweets. It's just it's like a really awkward experience. You know, you hear the knock on the door, and don't know about you, but me and my sisters, we look at each other and go, "Who's gonna go up?" <laughs> I, well, no, because we've go. never really done it before, so I don't really know. I think we did it last year, but then like no one came because of COVID. Oh, <laughs> that was like the first year we decided to actually do something slightly Halloweeny. Oh wait, you know, you know what? That is an actual point. I don't think anybody knocked on our door either last year. So yeah, just. This year has been very ooh, I don't know, it's slow. I'm not feeling in the spooky spirit, even though this is the Halloween special. Oh, so neither am I as well. Normally, I've normally watched Corpse Bride and Never Before Christmas by this point, which were two of my favourite Halloween films. And I've just not. What is going on? I don't know. Even though Halloween is probably my worst, what is it, seasonal celebration. <laughs> It's my worst one. I, I absolutely hate it. My favourite's Christmas. I mean, whose isn't Christmas? Even Easter, I would hold above Halloween. No. 100%. Maybe because I'm lactose intolerant and I don't get that much chocolate. I've never had Easter egg hunt that I remember. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a, it's just really shit Easter. Actually, it's probably the shittest to exist. No, for me it has to be Halloween. Like I just I, I just don't get the point of it anymore. Do you know what we should do? We should go to like a spooky world or something like that. Although I would shit myself and piss myself. I have never been to you know a haunted house, a haunted maze. We all should do that. I feel so as well. I think you'd have a heart attack, but that would be the joy in it. I'd, I'd like, want to record it. The and, thing you know. is, well, right. The worst part is I think it's if a spooky world or the ones where they like they come to our, they run after you and stuff. The more you react, the more they do it um like because and as well which i think is disgusting right how are these rules fair they're allowed to touch you but you're not allowed to touch them right so they can be chasing you with a chainsaw and start fucking touching you i am sorry my natural reflex will be to fucking punch you in the face i am sorry (laughs) 
And like, because I'm screaming, <laughs> yeah. the screaming isn't a warning to carry on because it's funny. The screaming is fucking do it one more time. And I swear to God, I am going to react. It's just natural. I'm sorry. So maybe I'll end up getting kicked out. <laughs> you might do. Uh, although I wouldn't be surprised if you just curled up in a ball and went, no, I'm not doing it. Sorry. <laughs> that would be me. Sorry. I'd have an asthma attack or something, <laughs> a panic attack. And like, I'd be like, yeah, no. Oh, right. There'd be two ways I'd go. I'd go two ways. I'd either go like, I'm not scared and just stand still. Or I'd start running and then have an asthma attack. Genuinely. I'd be panicking <laughs> and crying and everything. Then <laughs> two ways I'd go. But they'll get any steps in. Yeah, that's true. I really want to um, do the, like, where you go and stay in a police, a prison overnight. No. And I, no. Yes. Mate, you're talking to the bitch whose work is definitely haunted. And I've been there to, like, late this week. And it really is definitely 100% haunted. I'm not having it. I'm not scared. Come on, ghosties. Come get me. I don't give a fuck. She says this. Yeah. You would be absolutely crapping yourself. I really don't think I would, though. Like, I'm, I'm just... It is what it is, isn't it? I might stay... Oh, no, 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 because it, it, someone might offer me it in the future. I was going to say, I might stay in a haunted house overnight over a prison. No, but... like, it's an abandoned prison. Like, no one's in there. It's not necessarily living in the lap of luxury, you know. I'm a big believer in I don't really believe something if I've never seen it before. Mm. I, that, that might be slightly controversial as well because I also believe in alien life, but obviously we've never seen alien life. But I base that on like scientific stuff and possibility, but whatever. But in terms of ghosts, I'm one of those people who will walk up the stairs when I've closed all the lights off downstairs. Like I've heard that people run up and when I've told people to other, like, how could you do that? But I will literally walk through the entire house in pitch black. There's also been cases where I needed to do the washing. So I've gone downstairs, couldn't be asked to open the lights, walk through the entire bottom floor just with the lights completely turned off and then casually walk back up the stairs again because i am safe in my own home nothing's going to attack what's a ghost gonna do in my opinion well actually i'm two two mindsets to that when i was younger i used to i used to do that i used to run and, and when i used to wake up in the middle of the night for a wee i'd run right so in my old house my the bathroom was like directly next door to my bedroom so it was two seconds to get to the toilet and back i would still sprint to the toilet right have the fastest wee of my life, run back <laughs> out. I, I would yeah. not feel safe until I got onto my bed. And I remember once, right, very, very, very clearly, I think I started crying on the way back because I couldn't get into my bed quick enough and I thought someone was going to grab my feet, <laughs> right? And then I think progressively, as I've got more and more and more depressed... I just don't give a fuck. I just think if you're going to get me, get me. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, get now, me. Now I'm just like emotionally just like unavailable. I'm just like, okay. In my opinion, if there was a ghost in the house, what difference does it make turning on or off the light? I, I, I don't know where this mentality has come from. Is it? I guess because you know, everyone... If it's in the dark, you're going to be attacked. Believes in the dark and not the... I don't know. Most ghosties. But see, that's the thing. If you imagine all of the ghosts that should exist or all the people who've died in the past... Surely it should be places like the centre of London who are like bustling with ghosts. So why are ghosts in like really secluded places in like really old houses and in dark? Like, for example, I think this is a joke that Michael McIntyre made up once or a comedian made once. But why can't you see a ghost at the end of a Morrison's Isle or something? <laughs> like, why does it have to be a really old abandoned house? Surely you should be seeing ghosts in really populated areas. But that's that's just my opinion. And also where are the animal ghosts? Where are they? That's the question. Do you know when like um ba- apparently when babies like just stare off into space, like quite young babies, um, and they're just staring at something and then like they randomly like pull a facial expression or something. Apparently that's because they they're seeing ghosts. It's the same with um dogs as well. You're talking to the bitch who did a Ouija board in the middle of English. <laughs> 
we made our own and used pound coin for like the little like movie thing a certain person i'm gonna say his name but blur out absolutely lost his shit at me and alice right like he was going mad he's like why would you do it he went sick he was nearly crying his eyes out and everything <laughs> he was not a fan of that he was like don't fuck with that but alice was like a priest she did a priest course oh, online yes! so she put like a special circle thing yeah you believe in all that shit i didn't i just thought it'd be fucking funny if one of us gets taken <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in the middle of school, like, come on. No, exactly. It doesn't have the same effect as if you were... No, but after doing one, I can categorically say someone fucking pushes it, I'm telling you now. Because it didn't move for, for us. And then when, like, that lad started freaking out, we both started just pushing it about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is mean. Speaking of dogs, though, I have a massive announcement to make. Our family is finally getting a dog. Finally! Finally! It's happened to me right in front of my face. At the moment, we're currently... We're going to be getting the dog back on the 7th of November. We're going down to London to celebrate my little sister's birthday. It's a matter of convenience, so we're going to celebrate her birthday. Then we're going to come home with the dog. Oh, you're getting a southern dog? Ew. (laughs) Actually, the, the dog that we've chosen isn't well known in, in this area. Up the north, up the north. That's fun. But because, uh, you know, we've got a unique dog up uh, up into north. Or maybe it's maybe just this area in general in, in where we live. But uh, we're currently, I wouldn't say house proof in the house. Well, I mean, I guess we are. So we, we've set up a little area for the cage and stuff. That's where the puppy is going to be spending most of its time training. I'm going to create like a training schedule as well. Like I want this dog to be the perfect little dog and also i've heard that this dog is also really good at you know being house trained and learning new tricks because they're quite clever and all they want to do is please the owner and in doing that if that means doing a trick or learning a trick then they will happily do that so hey ho but yeah so uh, i'm going to be creating like a training schedule i'm going to be making sure that they know when to go to the toilet on time and just things like that and you know walking i just it's going to be it's going to be great but I've, we've set up like a little cage area because it was in the area where we originally put our shoes my sister also has to go to ikea to make like a shelf type thing so then we could put our shoes on top of the shelf you know and we're also going to be getting baby gates again we're going to yeah. be introducing baby gates in the house which is going to be fun uh, to my house in the living room my dad has splashed out on like really expensive furniture he was waiting for my little sister to get older because when my little sister was younger she was all about she drew on the walls <laughs> she destroyed furniture but when she was older my dad splashed out on i don't know what they're, chesterfields are they called like your proper british leather seats essentially and th- i think that was one of the biggest reasons why at first he really didn't want a dog but might i say he is actually falling in love with the idea like i came down one morning getting ready to head off to garston and he was watching dog videos Aww. he was trying to play it off like he showed me videos like look at what this dog has done to this couch i'm like mm, okay you're the one watching the dog videos not me <laughs> and in fact he was the one who initiated the whole dog conversation again because obviously we took a we took a break from searching for dogs because of covid but he initiated again i think on the way home once i think he passed a shelter or something with my sister and he went, you know, let's just go in. Let's let's go in and have a look. Oh, that's what my sister said anyway. So yeah, he kind of initiated the whole conversation again. And now we're getting a dog. And the dog, by the way, for those of you who, who don't know, the breed is a Havanese. Uh, I'm still in conversations with uh, the owner who she sends me photos of the puppies every day, which, oh, it just makes me even more excited. And here's me. You're planning on spending, like, teaching your dogs, like, your dog a trick and stuff. And here's me with two fucking bulldogs who all they do is fucking eat, sleep and shit. <laughs> Literally. 
My dog like runs like he'll do he'll run around the living room once and oh I have two now but he'll run around the living room once and the next minute he's like fucked he's having an asthma attack on the couch like <laughs> <laughs> oh did you see my story the other day of him fighting no okay so we had we had Spud which was the original one we've had him like we he was bought new and then we rescued one very recently like in the past month two months I can't remember how long we've had her they weren't like fighting fighting it was play fighting I'd like to clarify obviously they weren't scrapping but Bella because I think she's been kept in a cage like a whole life and stuff like that like she's quite short compared to like most bulldogs she's like very very short and she's got can't remember what it is but anyway she is a bitch you know when she fights oh she is worse than me like if she had a mouth i'd be scared i'm like if she could speak because right yeah so spud's quite tall and they're on mum's bed like play fighting and she fucking goes for his legs she starts nipping at his legs like playfully and like obviously he gets proper pissed off at this right next minute guess where she goes for leon guess where she goes for and makes bleed his ball sack his ball sack <laughs> What a bitch. What a bitch. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Right. So oh, as she's grabbed his balls, like, he's obviously moved out the way and she's dragged a tooth along it, right? Oh, whoa. It was bleeding. Okay. Poor. Yeah. Oh, my God. My mum went to him. look at it and went, fucking hell, spudgy balls retracted. Like, it had <laughs> gone in. It was like, he was that scared. I was like, she's a bitch, you know? Like, <laughs> that's like another level. Like, she's actually really just oh. gonna have done that to him. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Holy crap. I think we're only gonna ever have, like, one dog in the house, fortunately. So we won't have instants like that but the the Havanese breed is known as a velcro dog and they're called velcro dogs because they will literally stick to their owner's legs they will follow the owner's Everywhere they go, all they want to do is they want to please the owners, they want to just cuddle up with the owners, and they just want to be with the owners 24-7. Fortunately, we can do that because a lot of us work from home. There's always someone in the house. However, at some point in the future, we might have to go back into work full-time and in the offices full-time, which means we might deal with some separation anxiety with the dog. So we're also going to be trying to like embed that in and be like, we're not going to be in the house all the time. I can't stand animals that follow me about. That's why I like guinea pigs. Oh, no. No, I'd, I'd want that. They barely, they barely like you, to be honest. Like they just, they just want you for food. Like at the minute, every day I come home. No, that's cats. No, my guinea pigs. I tell you now, my guinea pigs. Right, every day I come home, they start squeaking like mad. I think, oh, they've missed me. I go to stroke them, and they fucking run off. They're like, fuck you, bitch. Right, they'll like sniff my hand and then they'll walk away. They're just like, yeah, we're done with you now. And then I'll go to walk away and they start squeaking again. I realise, oh shit, they want more food. The fat fucks. <laughs> I fed you before I left. Like, what do you want from the ice can't cope? But they just don't really love me. And I just think, okay. It's like my hamsters as well. So, for example, I'll put my hand in. Uh, my hamsters will just like shoot straight for my hand, go on top of my hand. And then, you know, I'm able to t- take the hamster out and, you know, just like have a little bonding session, play with it. But I can just tell they're trying to search for food. You know what? I am fine with this toxic relationship. I'm fine with it. Me too. That's the way I live my life. <laughs> but the Havanese dog, like generally, it's one of those breeds where it really just wants to please the owner. It really does. That is one of the reasons I went off pugs because apparently pugs are like that. They have really bad separation anxiety and I just thought, fuck off. And also for the fact that they have really, like really major health issues. Mm, that didn't bother me so much. I've got bulldogs. They have really major health issues as well. Hey, hey. Havanese all the way. Really excited. Cannot wait. Two weeks time. I'm probably going to speak about it again in next week's podcast episode because it'll be like a week away. But hey ho. But this is the Halloween special. So now it's time to move on to Unsolved Mysteries. Ooh. I have three 
unsolved mystery case. Oh, I say that, but for one of them, or even two of them, I've kind of come up with a solution to them. Or I've not I've not specifically come up with them. They're logical explanations to them. But still, I'm gonna class it as unsolved mysteries. But the first unsolved mystery is the mystery of the Pollock sisters. In May 1957, in Hexham, England, 11-year-old Joanna Pollock and 6-year-old Jacqueline Pollock... What? I almost said Jacqueline Pollock. Jacqueline Pollock were struck and killed by an erratic driver whilst the girls were on their way to church. The driver was a woman under the influence of many drugs and hit the girls purposely after she was forcibly separated from her own kids. So, you know, quite a questionable woman. I must say. One year later, the mother of the Pollock sisters gave birth to twin girls named Gillian, with a G, and Jennifer. Jennifer was the youngest out of the two by 10 minutes and had a birthmark on her left hip, which mimics the birthmark that the youngest deceased sibling Jacqueline had. She also had a birthmark on her forehead, which was similar to a scar that Jacqueline had as well. The family moved to Whitley Bay when the girls were What in the old, Harry so Potter they... is this? <laughs> Um, so they moved to Whitley Bay when the girls were three months old. So they moved away from Hexham. And obviously at three months old, the I've children... I've been there, Whitley Bay. Uh, yeah. The girls probably wouldn't have any memory of Hexham. However, when the girls grew older, they could remember Hexham in detail. So when the family visited Hexham again, when the girls were about four years old... The twins pointed out and named landmarks they hadn't seen before, such as the school Joanna and Jacqueline, which is the dead sisters, had attended, the Hexham Abbey and a playground their deceased sisters loved as well. They even seemed to know the way to the playground, and they had also began identifying and requesting toys that had belonged to their dead sisters by knowing the names that the deceased sisters gave to the toys. So they had never seen the toys before, but they were asking the mother for toys. They have been possessed by the dead sisters. They also divided the toys up exactly as their sisters did. And the mother had kept these toys locked away so they could not have known that they existed in the first place, which, you know, is what I just said. They also enjoyed the same games and food as their dead siblings. However, they also knew, which is the creepiest part, about the car incident, even though the parents never told them how their sisters died. On one occasion, Florence, who was the mum, overheard the girls playing a game where they recreated their sister's accident. Gillian was cradling Jennifer's head, telling her, The blood's coming out of your eyes! That's where the car hit you! Gillian and Jennifer also regularly became frightened and anxious whilst near cars. When a car started its engine in an alleyway, John, who's the dad, recalled that the girls grabbed onto each other in terror, shouting, The car's coming to get us! However, after the twins turned five, their memories of their past lives slowly phased away, and they went on to live in, you know, essentially normal lives. But while the twins lost their memories of the accident, Gillian later claimed to have experienced visions of herself playing in a sandpit at home in Wickham. And while Gillian had never been to Wickham, she was able to perfectly describe the house and garden that matched the home that Joanna had once lived in with the parents. So a popular theory for this, which is quite reasonable, suggests that their older brothers, because they had older brothers, told them about the incident. However, even if the older brothers did, it wouldn't really explain, because I'm sure the the older brothers didn't sit down with them and like give them a map of Hexton, for example. So it still leads to the questions of like, how they were able to recognise these certain landmarks and, you know, things, and also being able to memorise a house that they originally lived in. Uh, so another theory, which is why this is on this Unsolved Mysteries case, is that they were reincarnated. Uh, do you know what? I could see that. That is the Unsolved Mystery 
of the Pollock sisters. So what do you think? Do you think brothers told them or do you think reincarnation I or maybe something else? Don't know. I don't feel reincarnation because that means that they are their sisters, but they forgot the memories. I think they were possessed. Bitches possessed. <laughs> Do you know what I think it was, right? The dead sisters were bare feeling that the parents went on another set of sisters. A year later as well. How do you lose kids now time to have sex after that? <laughs> right, no, so a year later, were they, were they born a year later? Yeah, they were born a year so later. So that means three months after the death, they were shagging. <laughs> <laughs> You know, people deal with loss in many different ways. Yeah, no, if I just... was one of the dead sisters, I would come back and possess the daughters and be like, I'm fucking going to kill them. <laughs> what years was this? 1958, I think. Oh, God, the... it's not even that long ago. They were at it like rabbits. <laughs> Woo! Who has time to think, I've just lost a child three months ago? I've lost two. Let's just have sex. Let's recruit. No one... Who is... What? Maybe they just needed, like, you know, a replacement just to deal with the loss. Imagine trying to go through that loss with these new two daughters who are living this memory over and over again. Do you know, I also do think the brothers are a bit involved, to be fair. They're very quiet, aren't they? They don't really, they're not really saying much. Exactly. Like, you hear all these stories about the mum, the sisters, you don't hear about the brothers. But again, even if the brothers did tell... I mean, the, the brothers might be like, yeah, the sister died in a car crash, which could explain why they're scared of cars. However, like I mentioned before, the brothers wouldn't have sat down and be like, okay, right, girls, here's the entire map of Hexham, right? There's this no, landmark over but here. here's a really fun story. Um, children are only born with two fears, and all one One's being pushed over, and I can't remember what the other one is. Every other theory is made like it's made up, like it's learned. Although there is a theory that fears also come from a past life. That's another theory, but apparently every other theory is learned. So maybe the parents are feared of cars, and that's where they've got their fear of cars from. Even if like you can get, a, you can develop a fear just by one reaction. It could explain why. Anyway, the next unsolved mystery. So this unsolved mystery mm-hmm. has actually kind of been solved this year okay but i'm gonna say it anyway because it's a really popular one a lot of conspiracy theorists have contributed to what has actually happened and when i say this you probably will also know about this as well but this is the dyatlov pass incident 10 russian hikers part of the oval polytechnic institute led by igor dyatlov which is why it's called the dyatlov pass incident they were climbing the northern oval mountains between the 1st and 2nd of February in 1959. However, one of the hikers decided to turn back, which left nine. So there were nine hikers left. Yeah. During the night, something had caused them to cut their way out of their tent, flee the campsite while inadequately dressed for heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures. And when a search party went out to search for them, this is what they had found. So they found an abandoned tent which had been ripped open from the inside as well. Surrounding the area were footprints left by the group, some wearing socks, some wearing a single shoe, some barefoot, all of which continued to the edge of the nearby wood. The scene bore marks of death by hypothermia. However, medical examiners looked at the bodies and said, no, hypothermia didn't kill them. That was after something else killed them beforehand. And the evidence made absolutely no sense because one body had evidence of blunt force trauma caused with brutal assault another had third degree burns one had been vomiting blood one was missing a tongue some of the clothing was found to be radioactive some were missing eyes so for a very long time scientists had absolutely no idea what had caused it now originally they thought a massive avalanche would have caused it like a huge avalanche coming down and killing them however there were no reports of an avalanche happening within the area 
So that's led to some conspiracy theorists believing that it could have been something to do with aliens. It could be something to do with the Russian government. Some people believe that it was the Yeti. I've got an idea. They all just took a fuck ton of drugs and um, basically ended up fucking attacking each other because they were just off it. So actually, the solution that they've came up with, and it's just like literally, it's just this year that they've come up with this uh, with this theory, and it was all with the help of Frozen as well, the movie Frozen, ironically. So Alexander Puzvin of the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich was studying something called slab avalanches. So obviously, the reason why this has been left unsolved for so long is because a massive avalanche was, you know, completely cut out of the picture. However, what they've concluded now is that what happened was a slab avalanche and they dis- they found this out based on essentially how realistic the snow animations were in the movie Frozen. <laughs> so they went over to the movie makers of Frozen and said, could we, um, could we like borrow this? Could we borrow this coding for a second? And, you know, they used the coding in Frozen and they used it to simulate a slab avalanche. And this is now probably the answer where it was a small clump of snow, possibly the size of a bus or something, which detached from the mountain, hit the people sleeping. Some people would have died immediately. And then the ones that were left would have obviously tried to cut themselves out of the tent from the inside. However, the reason behind the loss of clothes is because of something called paradoxal undressing. So if you're dying of hypothermia, your body then starts to mimic that you're overheating. So what you'll do, strangely, is you'll take off your clothes, which will speed up the process of you dying even more. So they believe that that's happened. So they've basically concluded that it was down to a slab avalanche. And maybe the missing eyes, the missing tongue was, you know, because they were attacked by an animal on the way or something like that. Or maybe they died and then these animals picked up their eyes and the tongue, who knows? But then also, how about the radioactive clothing? That's another question. However, at the moment, as it stands, the slab avalanche is uh, the most accepted theory. I still prefer the doll took a fuck ton of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that sounds way more fun. Yeah, they had, a, they had a good time and definitely not a long time. But I mean, right, so 10 hikers went up. One of them decided to go back. Imagine being that one person still alive, knowing that if you had carried on, you would have been killed. How mad's that? And this is why I truly believe nothing can hurt you if you stay indoors. If you stay in your house, nothing can hurt you. And that's why I like to stay home. Thank you, everyone. The last unsolved mystery is the bridge at Overton. I think it's Overton. (gasps) It's spelled O-V-E-R-T-O-U-N. I think I've heard about it. It's quite depressing considering we're talking about this after what we just talked about in the first half. (laughs) But anyway, there's a bridge near Dumbarton called the Overton Bridge. And apparently it seems to call dogs to leap to their death. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. So since the early 1960s, some 50 canines have died and hundreds more have jumped but survived. If I was a dog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If I were a dog. So the Scottish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals has sent representatives to investigate, but they've not really found anything significant or they've not found anything that would cause the dogs to jump over. In terms of scientific truth, it's debatable or not incredibly unlikely that dogs are capable of forming an intent to die. (laughs) 
Oh my god. What the is this? I, me as a dog. Um, <laughs> however, something is luring the dogs, whatever it is, off the bridge, often from the very same spot and always on sunny, dry days. Many theories have risen, including that the bridge is haunted, which is, you know, a very popular theory, of course. People have haunted things. And mink is marking the area with an almost irresistible scent. And a sound anomaly exists at the bridge, but only dogs can hear it. So whatever's causing the phenomenon, dog owners should be wise not to take the dog to the Overton Bridge. We will not be taking a family visit to that area when we get our Havanese, that's for sure. Yeah, how mad's that? What do you think it is? I just think the owners are fucking sick of them and just throwing them off. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just going, I, it's the bridge, I swear. <laughs> I swear, jeez. Anyway, now it's time to move on to Tegan's segment where she's going to be talking about serial killers. Or murderers. Okay, so, these two murderers, that, um, well, one's a serial killer, definitely. Don't know if you class the first one as a serial killer. I mean, he killed three people, four technically. It was all in, like, one in one session. So, is that a serial killer? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Mass murder. Okay, so, these are two that I know quite well because I've watched the, the Netflix things on them. So, um, the first one I'm going to talk about is the Watts family. Have you ever heard of them? I have, yes. Oh, you have? I have, the Watts family, I have. Okay. Isn't it the... the the dad who did it. Yeah, how fucked. Okay, right, yeah. I don't want to, okay. I don't want to spoil it. Okay, so this is about a nice little family, a mum, yes. a dad, two daughters, you know, living the best life. They're really happy. She loves her husband a lot. Her husband loves them, you know. I mean, in theory, you can still go on her Facebook now and, like, see all the posts that she wrote about him and it's really cute and actually it's really dark now because you're like, you fucking bitch. Not her, <laughs> him. <laughs> Him, let me yeah. make that clear. So, let's, let's start back. So, okay, so on August 13th, 2018, Shanna has been away with work and she returned home. A friend dropped her off and he was at the, like, the husband, Christopher, was at home with the children. She comes home. Yes. And then later that day, he reports uh, a friend. I think it's a friend. Yes, it's a friend. Reports the girls and Shanna missing. She missed an appointment with... How random though, I'm just wanna say this now. Gynecology. Oh. You're thinking at this point at this point you're like, what? Okay, how weird to think that someone's missing. But we'll let go on to find out about that. About 1.40 that day, a police officer comes to conduct a thing, a welfare check. Christopher allowed them in and whatever else. The dog was fine, which is very relevant apparently. I don't know what a fucking dog has to do with the kettle of fish. No one was bothered about the dog. Do you know what I mean? Like this is why I can't stand dogs sometimes. Why are they taking centre stage on this? You, no one cared about the dog. A lot of dogs being mentioned this podcast episode. I was sure I this is a Halloween special, not a dog special. Sorry, guys. Sorry. So then they, they searched around and they discovered that her car was still in the garage with her like phone, purse, the kid, the girl's car seats, everything was still in there, which was a bit strange. So the next day the FBI joined and search dogs sent out and stuff like that. So Christopher initially told the police he had no idea where his family could be, okay? Yes. You fucking lying prick. <laughs> We're going to get to that. And he hadn't seen his wife since 5.15, the previous day when she left for work. So then on the 15th of August 2018, he was actually arrested because they had found some CCTV footage from the house. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. That's uh, Why am I a liar? Did some, from a security camera in the interview room, he and he failed a polygraph test. So from those, he 
eventually confessed to killing her. Christopher then claims it comes out that he was actually having an affair and he claims that he had asked for like separation from Shanna. He then claimed that Shanna had strangled the girls in response to his request for the separation and then he had then strangled her in a fit of rage and transported the bodies to to an oil storage tank. He was was fired the same day from his job. This is where the story kind of goes a bit weird. It's like this doesn't make sense. The girls, the two like, I'm keeping these girls like under like, I think they're around five. They were found in the oil tank, their bodies, where Shanna was buried in a little grave nearby. So very confusing because if, would you not have just ditched them all in the same place? I'm just saying, you know? Clearly he had favourites. Clearly there was some favouritism going on there. So on the 21st of August, he was charged with four counts of first degree murder. So now you're thinking, four counts? Only three of them are dead. His wife was pregnant. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's first degree murder with four counts of it. And the additional one was a death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age, which is like all three of them. And he also had unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three accounts, uh, three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. He was denied bail. He had a five million. How can, who is actually going to pay five million pounds for a murderer to get out? And some fucker would. That's the weirdest part. Why do we need a bail charge? I don't get that. Maybe, maybe you, that's why the rich get away with a lot of things. I know. Either you're allowed bail or not. Like, this man is fucked in the head. There's two kind of things that people believe that it was all, like, a complete accident, whatever else. And then there's the truth, in my opinion. And that is, he was having this affair, really wanted to run away with this woman, um, but didn't want to have the baggage of a family. And when you actually watch the documentary, it actually goes into how he actually killed them. So I think he did strangle Shanna. I think it was an accident. And then he actually took the two girls with his with their dead mum in the car. I think, if I'm right, he buried the mum while they were in the car. And then he took the two girls to an oil tank, put blankets over their head and pushed them in while they were alive. Oh. Little girls. What the fuck? I just don't understand what was like going through his head because you know you've got a lovely family it seems a decent job i'm gonna say because have you seen the house the house was a really lovely house yeah although like loads of houses in america are absolutely massive but yeah it's like he had everything going for him what drove him to uh drove him to murder it's insane there's no viable reason there's not other than the fact that he just was having an affair and didn't want to get caught out maybe what could have happened is the daughter's stumbled upon the dad killing the mum so then the I dad think that was does like happen, okay you know, i think possibly that is the case yeah and then the dad thought okay well we can't have any witnesses mm, that's still your daughters you know i don't get it i don't think we could we could be able to rationalize with a mass murderer to be honest i don't know what goes through these people's heads so anyway he's in prison basically in five life sentences without the possibility of parole and he's plus 84 years so that man's never getting out of prison and i hope he fucking rots good but anyway that's that one what a nice you know cheerful halloween special oh <laughs> lovely <laughs> Any married couples out there, be careful. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's really not that funny. So this next one. Now, I watch murder documentaries and things like that all the time. I never really ever get freaked out. This one guy, even to look at a picture of him, actually gives me chills. I actually really struggle to finish like the documentary on Netflix about him because he really fucking creeps me out. So this is Richard... This is why I prefer comedy shows on Netflix. Mar- Ramirez. Um, he is also known as the Night Stalker. So, he has 15 plus victims. Mate, it's, it's fucking mad, mate. I can't even begin to explain. So, he was born in Texas. His childhood is considered quite a very big part of the wa- the reason why he cl- like committed his crimes. His father was a heavy drinker and prone to fits of anger that resulted in physical abuse. Around 12, Ramirez was strongly influenced by his older cousin, Mike, or... Uh, 
Miguel. He showed Ramirez. He showed Richard Polaroid photos of gruesome like atrocities, such as like the Vietnamese War. The photos included him raping both female something rebels and Vietnamese women and girls suspected of being loyal to the community forces into religion into in into the region and then these pictures also showed their subsequent murder and decapitation with a machete afterwards oh yeah he also so obviously his cousin was in the basically was in the war and this is still stuff that he did he taught Ramirez some military skills that would go he would go on later to use so then he moved in with his sister and her husband Roberto he was known as an obsessive peeping Tom who took Ramirez along on his nocturnal exploits um, so he'd watch people basically having sex. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> when you go on to look at like the people he murdered, a lot of them were of Asian descent. So like, on the 10th of April, 1984, he murdered a nine-year-old Chinese girl in a basement. There's a lot. Let's go through all of his crimes. Oh, so, yes. We have Let's Janice Finkau on the 28th of June, 1984. Maria Hendez, Dale Yoshai Zake. That was, they were both um, on March 17th, 1985. So at first, like, he waits a while because like, that's a full year near enough. And then they get uh, quite a lot closer. Like, March 17th, he really went fucking off. I'll tell you that. He went to another place and um, killed someone else. So I'm not going to even try. The British name that she chose was Veronica. We'll just go with that because I'm not going to butcher it. The 27th of March, 1985, Vincent and Maxine, he killed. I th- I'm pretty sure later on, as we go on, he gets past the Asian thing and goes to old women and men. Don't understand. Honestly, mad. So his murders, really, honestly, because I watch that many, don't bother me. It's once he's been found out that really freaks me out. This man gave no fucks. I will tell you that. Right. So one thing that really discovered it is he people found the crime scene shoe and the shoe turned out to be a limited edition shoe. So there's only like eight, ten in the country or something and they tracked who bought it and whatever else. Somehow then, somehow they get a friend involved and they find him or they figure out who it is. It's really quite a beautiful story when he gets captured because actually he tries to run and he does run, but then people because they find him and they post his picture like his ether or whatever or his picture somewhere and he realizes that everyone is now going to know who he is because the police haven't got him and he starts running but then an actual one just a normal person spots him starts chasing him and basically the community come together and capture him like they're oh. all after him yeah so actually it was like basically citizens arrest type thing and i love that because that's basically the community that i've been petrified of him for all them years being like fuck you we're not scared anymore you prick yes but basically in his trials and things basically oh yeah he was on a bus when he was captured but it was a bus situation he had to get off the bus and stuff wait hold it yeah was this mentioned in last year's halloween special was it i tried to see if it was because i remember the bus thing but i don't know whether it was last year's halloween special or whether you just mentioned it off the cuff if i have i've fucked it here haven't i <laughs> wait did you go back no, and listen to the i'm sure last year i did uh des yeah and then um what's he called the fucking doctor doctor good yes so I can't have done him last year. Oh, did I? I feel like I might have mentioned him off the cuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it's one of those ones where you've definitely mentioned it to me. Yeah. At, at some point. So we'll keep it in. We'll just, oh, you know. Yeah, I was watching loads at the time. I also was watching The Confession Killer as well. And I was like, he's just confessing to everything. And he didn't do half of the stuff he confessed to. What a fucking freak. Basically, throughout his trials, he, um, he would say things like, I am Satan and like he was demonic and he was sent by satan to like commit these crimes and he thought he'd done right it's fucking weird he'd also wouldn't really speak much if i'm right in that i don't think and then he was sat in like the courtroom and just put his hand up and it had a pentagram on it (sighs) 
he scares the living daylights out of me like honestly the, the only one that I've like I have watched what's he called the fucking guy who goes about killing women the, one of the first known serial killers to ever be called a serial killer what's his fucking name I have no idea Ted Bundy like he doesn't scare me and he specifically attacks women I've watched the confession killer I mean he was a liar I've watched stuff on the Yorkshire Ripper like none of them bother me Fred and Rose West none of them really bother me but him really make me think, fuck off now. Yeah. Even just to look at a picture of him, he is a creepy guy. So that's basically him. But then like what really does sort of piss me off, he was a made psychopath, not a born psychopath from his childhood. He had schizo- basically schizophrenia. He had temporal lobe epilepsy, aggressivity and hypersexuality, which okay, like mental health, okay, yes. But I still feel like he knew right from wrong. He still went to school or he still, do you know what I mean? Like not yeah. everyone goes, People have those disorders and don't go about killing people. I'm just saying. But imagine being the detective. I'd feel like if I was the detective for that, I'd have to go to a church and douse myself in holy water because, yeah, oh my word. Yeah, I with him, well, no, he had a trend, but like when you go to like the Yorkshire Ripper, he didn't have a trend. He was quite hard to find because he didn't really have a trend. It was just women. Normally, serial killers do it for the, no- the like notoriety and they like do certain things to like make themselves known. So like the Night Stalker, he did it at night, So, and, but then he was also Asian people at first. It is uh, really bizarre how a lot of serial killers, they always have a theme and it always baffled me because it's like, it's not like they're just unleashing their anger out on different people. When you look into it as well, a lot of it is down to them having really awful childhoods, but there's people who have awful childhoods and don't do that. But a big one that I know is being exposed to pornography quite young um, is really a big start and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I'm not. It really, really is. Ted Bundy, he was exposed to um, porn quite young. And um, basically what they say is, is when you're exposed to porn young, like your mind's not really ready for it or something. And then by the time you get a bit older, you watch porn, obviously, for a specific reason. And it doesn't do that anymore because you've been watching it for so long. It doesn't work. So then you start searching out even weirder porn. And then it gets weirder and weirder and weirder because you're constantly looking for something to fix what's not working. And basically, then you end up killing someone, to put it bluntly, because you end up in that sadistic things. And you think it's okay to do that to women. Wow. Well, that is definitely interesting. Um, Yeah, or like um, if they were like abuse as a child is quite a big one as well like if there was abuse as a child and stuff like that yeah but i mean like like as you said there are some people who go through that but don't end up murdering everyone so i think it's they're exposed to this trauma at a young age but it's left untreated it's over that same thing of like nurture or nature really and i think it's a mixture i don't think it's directly one or another i think everyone has the potential to be a murderer in some respect maybe not i don't know it's weird that's why I love watching them because I love finding out like what what made them do that, like what did it. Like I just watched one what the other day, and it's about a guy who's got um BPD, which is like borderline personality disorder, and like he basically has killed and raped women and whatever. But he has like different personalities. Also, he as a child was like abused, so it all it all kind of goes back to that, you know. A lot. Isn't there a film about that as well? Like a guy with multiple personalities yeah, Billy, ends up Billy, murdering yeah. a bunch of people. His case, the Billy, the Billy one was um, very like people still to this day don't know whether he did have split personalities or he was making it up because when they were like psych testing him, he had no idea at first, and then they brought it up to him like they told him, and then he could use he knew about it, so he was used to his advantage and other like little things, and he was basically claiming he had like twenty seven personalities which they'd never been heard of. Also, at that time, it had just been like a new diagnosed thing, like having 
multiple personalities. So there've been like loads of books and stuff like that. And people believed it had been sort of done on purpose. I never know whether people with split personality disorder, whether they're actually telling the truth or whether they are just switching characters for the sake of switching characters. Like I'm sure that it is a medical issue that some people do have. But when you ever like see videos of them, it's kind of like, I don't know whether this is real yeah, exactly. or whether like, you're just making this up. Because people have it and it's obviously different ends of the scale, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem, especially in cases like that, I know it's really wrong to say, but when you've killed people and then now suddenly you have, you have like different personalities, I think, mm. like, because it, it makes me laugh the interview where there's a guy saying, I think Billy, I think I remember his surname is, but he deserves an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, he doesn't believe, then does he? <laughs> I don't know. I think it is a real thing, but I don't think it should be used as an excuse. I don't, I, don't, well, I don't know, though. Actually, you can't say that because the way he describes it is like he'd wake up from basically, it's like he'd wake up from being asleep. He must have a really good memory then as well because, you know, when you switch personalities, don't you have a certain name for the character that you're portraying? Yeah. So he would have had 27 names in his head that you'd have to switch between. Yes. So originally it started off as 11 and then once he got further into it, 27 came out apparently. But like he had always been good at accents, his sister said, like even when he was a kid. But then there's all stuff like he'd wrote a letter. This always, this always makes me laugh. He had a Russian, basically, personality. And he'd wrote a letter that was Russian. A, some, a Russian, or another, another country, basically, not American. And he'd sent it. And then years down the line, they find out, actually, it was an inmate who spoke that language that had wrote it and not him. So, like, was it his personality or not? Did he Was he actually acting? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think it's now time to wrap it up for this week, this Halloween special. Spooktober. <laughs> If you've lasted this long, please leave us a rating on Apple or your whatever device you're listening on. It really, you know, bumps us up in those rankings. And if you enjoy what we had to say, you can support us on Patreon for as little as a pound or Tegan. A dollar for it or something like that because it changes every other fucking week. Yeah, where you could get access to exclusive content, early access, things like that. And if you also want to follow us on Twitter, you can find our Twitter handles as well as the podcast Twitter handle in the podcast bio and the episode bio. And as well, you can also find our TikToks at GTNALT underscore podcast. Also, by the way, it's been 10 years since Once Upon a Time came out today. I'm sensing a oh. rewatch. I'm sensing a rewatch. I'm feeling I'm, it. I'm probably, I'm probably not going to rewatch it. I'm still watching Veep. Anyway, Thank you everybody for listening to this Halloween special. Don't eat too many sweets. Enjoy your Halloween and we will see you all next week. Goodbye! I ate a full tub of hummus this morning.